This is Bang Your Bookie's Wife, the sports gambling podcast where it's personal. I, I hope that's not a trademark infringement, but we, we really do need this. You're going to listen to my co-host here, and you're probably going to have the same thought that many do, which is, fuck, these guys need a dub. Uh, and that starts with Rain Man, 7-5 and five on the season, 2-1 and one in what he calls his big rubber. Raymond, why do you call it the big rubber? Because, Joe, what does a rubber imply? Bangers. And that's what we have this week. Bangers early. Only. Excuse me. So turn on your favorite my side because this week we're all about to be in sync and we'll make that bookie's wife go bye, bye, bye. That one was for the NSYNC reunion as well. Bangers, Miley Cyrus' best album. We're going to Alabama. Minus six and a half versus Ole Miss. The tide. It's inevitable. You see what I'm saying? Just losers. Just just a sad, sad men who need this W. They like Bama. And, and Kaffer, I bet you are delighted to share what your big rubber is this week. That warms my heart because we were in sync last weekend. We both went three and one and we're in sync again. I have Bama minus six and a half as my best play of the week. Oh, let's go, bangers only! I uh, I do not think you will ever see a better price on a Nick Saban coached Alabama team. I think if we do, I'm gonna have to put bangers only inside the uh, title because it's the only way we're gonna get any SEO on this shit. <laughs> Listen, man, it's the real coach JB here. Man, I hear you've been hanging out with the wrong fucking crowd, like a slapdick you are, man. Everybody thought you were fucking smart and all that shit because you watch CNN and MSNBC and fucking Fox News and all that. Sounds like you're a fucking dreamer. You're getting dumber. Get your fucking ass figured out. Go watch the real show. Watch. We will ban your bookies, wife. Step your game up. Stop being a slap dick. Make today a great day. This is Bang Your Bookies, wife. Uh, Joe Public, I'm so glad to be back from uh, my vacation in Turkmenistan. Uh, you know, I it, I was a political prisoner, but I was also a tourist. Um, it was, but it, our two hosts last week. Uh, if you listened to the podcast last week, um, congratulations! I'm sorry. I think, yeah, it's actually what they. I, I got word from the CIA that they just played it for at all the black cell torture sites, and everyone confessed everything. Uh, but other than that, good job, fellas. It's good to be back. And honestly, last week it was a tra- trash podcast, but also trash games. Um, it was trash games. I think you guys met. You know how the, the how like you play up to the competition BYBW, same we play same down. deal. We play. Yeah, we, we meet play the down. competition where it is. It's fun. We play down this week. We're this week. It, it's as good a slate as you're gonna see ever. In September two weeks. certainly until they expand the playoffs. It's gonna. It, it, it's it's real sweet. We got so many uh, so many rank games in the in this one but i i guess you just want to get into it. i guess bigger things we can talk about though before we get into it is we want to just go through quickly futures um i'll read uh i got the odds from uh, caesars right now this is an interesting week i think to look at futures because there are so many ranked matches like matchups you're gonna have a lot of narratives forming this week a lot of teams moving up moving down so getting your bet in now might be uh not the worst idea. The Georgia is the favorite to win the national championship, uh, plus two thirty. 
feels like garbage in a season as open as this. Uh, second is Michigan plus 400, Ohio State plus 1,000, the Texas Longhorns plus 1,000, Florida State plus 1,000, USC plus 1,200, Penn State plus 1,600, Notre Dame plus 1,600, and then Washington plus 2,200. And I think those are the... Those are the realistic contenders, I would say, at this point. Is there any outlier future that you think I I don't missed? want any of those. You know what, what I do want? You want? Alabama at 50 to 1. Why not take a chance that the new offensive coordinator can figure things out, that Jalen Milrow, who was recruited to Alabama for a reason, can figure things out? They have a loss to a very good Texas team in the Big 12. They are still undefeated in SEC play. Haven't really done anything. We'll see Ole Miss this week. And then all they do, if they win the SEC West, they'll have a shot at Georgia. You know that game will be competitive. It'll be close. And you'll be very glad to have that 50-1 to slip in your back pocket. Uh, The reason why not is because I'm going to believe my eyes. Uh, That just isn't it. That isn't a national championship winning team. That offensive line isn't good enough. Full stop. um, That's it. I think the last time... I heard that the last time they were ranked this low, they did go on to win the national championship, but I think they started out lower um, that season than they did it at, in the top five this year. Um, dreadful last weekend against USF. Not good against Texas. I mean, I don't hate it just because, like, it's still Nick they did. They could like, have won that Texas game, to be very clear. It was a very competitive game with a few breaks on both sides. I say I would say right now, give me, give me the Washington Huskies plus twenty two hundred. I think they can beat. That's anyone. the other one I'd go to. They can beat anyone Washington in the country. Huskies. Yep, like they're they the beat, best offense in the country. They beat Texas last year, essentially in a home game for Texas at the Alamo Dome, and that's basically the same Texas team returning this year, which proved to be a pretty good defense. Uh, I, hmm. Yeah, if I if I was gonna, I think the Huskies they're pack, good. Pack seems like a tough road this year, though. It's a yeah, tough so, road. So here's the path, it's a tough though. road, but there's a slot and, there, and, and I the think pack, Washington's better than any. I think Washington. I think Washington's a guaranteed USC. guaranteed. It's a guaranteed uh, winner. Of the Pack's gonna get in unless they're maybe a three two. loss team. Wa- maybe two. Uh, maybe two. Pack is notorious for eating itself. Washington, we, Oregon, and USC. They share their home and homes. So all three of those teams have one road game and one home game against each other. Dude. Michael Penix has the most passing yards in the country ahead of Caleb Williams. He's the true Heisman front runner for anyone who knows what they're talking about. Washington is averaging more total yards per game than USC, but also holds the 16th ranked defense. Washington outclasses USC in every manner. Washington should be more scared of Oregon than uh, USC, but Washington definitely has the best chance in the pack to win it all. The other thing I'll take exception with is the idea that we talk about this every year. We absolutely do not. Every year you bring up the Pac-12 and it's, wow, no, no, what no, a garbage no. conference. No, no, no. But every year, even the best Pac-12 teams, they, they eat it's, themselves. This is, like di- they, it's, they blow this is different because they're actually good team. this year. I agree with Joe. They're actually good this year, so it's not that they're gonna eat, eating themselves. It's going to have more of an SEC narrative to it where it's okay to take a loss. I think the main, yeah, the main difference is like this year. There's credibility with potentially losing. I don't think you need to be on. They, they've won the out Pac-12. of conference games. I think the conference winner of the Pac-12 has a slot tied up for them because they've looked so impressive. That's the argument. Let's also, real quick, I want to talk Heisman Trophy odds. Also, 
Who right now is there, unless there's some, who's at the top of your head? If you have, let's say you have your you have twenty bucks, burn a hole in your pocket. What are you putting? What's your what's your Heisman bet? Well, I'll, I'll bypass all the favorites. Um, obviously, your Caleb Williams, your Michael Penix, your Quinn Ewers. I think has crawled into the top three or four. Quinn Ewers, I'm um, seeing plus six hundred, which is wild, is awful, insane. Um, we are we are tracking his touchdowns, but I am going to a preseason top three. Drake May, um, he hasn't looked the best, the sharpest this season so far, um, but I love the way the schedule lines up for UNC. He's completing seventy four percent of his passes, um, despite the four interceptions, and I think he he's the guy who, you know, when he has that monster game, like the eyes of the country will be on him. So. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone outside of Caleb Williams who can match his talent. So um, that explosive UNC offense, when they get it clicking, when they get rolling, he throws in a couple five touchdown games uh, in ACC play. That forty to one right now will be a eight to one in a, in a few weeks. So um, that's that's who I would take a flyer on outside of the the favorites right now. Um, I don't know. I, I like that. UNC. UNC is an extremely soft schedule. They should be able to put up stats. My only hesitation with Drake May is he's two touchdowns, two or four touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. Not what you want to see at the beginning. Granted, if they keep winning games, Drake May should improve, should be relevant. You're getting pretty long odds on what was a lot smaller odds earlier in the season. Where I would go to is Bo Nix. I don't think he's as good or as likely to win as Michael Penix or Caleb Williams if we're talking pack quarterbacks, but his odds are a lot better at 22 to 1. You can still get Michael Penix 550, Caleb Williams 350. Uh, Oregon, they're obviously making a campaign for him. As I've said, uh, they these teams could cannibalize each other and maybe all split one and one. If Bo Nix ends up being on Oregon, which ends up being the front runner to win the pack, which is possible, uh, I think you got better odds on Bo Nix than any of his sort of counterparts in the pack. So I'd go there. The other person Bo- I really Bodacious. like is off the board, and we'll talk about it later. Ooh. Bodacious. It is bodacious. Off love the to board. see it. I, I, if I was going to uh, give a long shot pick right now, it's uh, J.J. McCarthy for the reason that the schedule lines up perfectly. Last three weeks of the season at Penn State, you win that game. You put yourself in the conversation right away and set up the huge game against Ohio State at home. J.J. beats the Buckeyes. I think it would be Again. huge. Yeah, but it would be three wins against Ohio State, which I think could is enough for like a lifetime achievement award in, in a certain sense because that's a huge narrative shifter. So I think if you can get in your money, if I had $20 – I'd put that on plus two thousand right now and and let it bake there because he's not going anywhere. The I get the play. Yeah, soft. Michigan's going to be relevant the whole year. I get it. Yeah, schedule the Michigan schedule upcoming too. Check this out: Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue before they play Penn State. So he's just going to be stat. All these pack teams leaving for a shit conference. My only regret is that I didn't place it earlier. So that's uh that's my pick, but you know what we got? We we let's stop delaying. Let's get to the to the meat this week. We got quite a schedule, and we got we got quite some picks. We got uh let's get to the weekly. 
I don't know, this is very confusing to me. I hope I picked the right one. Winners, 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 winners. I feel 10 feet tall right now. The weakness. Strong as an ox. This is the weekly. This is the pick. These are the picks that count, the picks that matter, the picks that make you money. It was really cute when you tried to do a version of that last week, Capper. I appreciated that. Completely out of order in context. It was, it was bad. Pretty bad. Uh, this is usually we have to debate who will talk about the big rover first. But I love I love when both of you view an entire college football board and you land on the same side of the same game. I'll be placing money on it. Tell me why you both love Bama in this spot. I like him too. Well, as many great men have said, there's an inevitability to Alabama football. For there's the sun, there's the moon, and there is the tide. Capper, you agree with that? Um, I would at least for the last decade, yes. Useful caveat. Very useful insight. Uh, yes, what do we do in elite teams to get off to slow starts, just as Capper said in the preview? We stick with them. We take them. This is the best price you're going to get on Alabama all year, maybe for the next two years. I know everyone's writing Saban off, but once he leaves, Alabama's not going to go away. It's a machine. It's a wagon. I expect the Alabama defense to bottle up Ole Miss. I expect Jalen Milrow to improve. Uh, and I, the thing that really gets me about this game isn't that Alabama's looked good. They haven't. But Ole Miss hasn't looked terribly good either. They just haven't – they haven't played anyone. They haven't proved it yet. And when you're going on the road to Alabama, if I'm not taking Bama and it's less than a touchdown and odds, I need a team that's proven it. The only team Ole Miss has beaten with the pulse is Tulane, and Tulane had their backup quarterback that game. And also, Ole Miss, they started pretty slow against Tulane, and Tulane almost won that game with the backup quarterback – Granted, they pulled away in the fourth quarter, but Tulane got a ton of pressure on Jackson Dart. If they can do it, Alabama can too. Unleash the stampede. Unleash the inevitability. Unleash the tide. Um, yeah, I just um, – I'm not giving up on Nick Saban. Like, that's pretty much the bottom line here. And I know um, that Kiffin has all of the sound bites and all of the tweets and – and, you know, people are falling in love with him and he's trolling Nick in the press conferences. He's doing the same mannerisms as him. He's calling out who's who's actually calling his defensive. Um, yeah, the shadow plan. firing, um, <laughs> you know, and it's like you think he's playing all these mind games. Like, I don't think Nick Saban cares about that stuff. Like Nick Saban cares about getting his team right. Um, he cares about winning football games um, and he's done it better than anybody else in the country for the last decade. So um, the tide, everybody's given up on them at home, uh, laying less than a touchdown, uh, a public darling in Ole Miss because of who their head coach is. Um, I'm not super impressed with Jackson Dart. Quinshawn Judkins is um, not healthy, um, and I think they've had some good fill-ins at the running back position for him, but – it's still an Alabama football team that has a ton of talent. I don't think they've played exceptionally well um, no, in haven't. the interior line, um, but like they still have a bunch <laughs> of weapons. Any position. Um, and and Jalen Milrow, I think, is still a capable quarterback. Like he was the guy um, tabbed years ago to be the successor um, after Bryce Young, and and like that doesn't change just because of one 
loss against Texas to me. Um, no, no, the only difference the is Alabama last... needs to scheme against with the quarterback they have, not the quarterback they want, and I do expect that to come out this week. It obviously couldn't have come back out last week because they started Buckner. Which I don't think they were no sense. Re- re- knew what they had in the Texas game. Now they do. I expect the coaches to come out with a better game plan. Capper, did you see that, though, real quick? Joe, what was that you just drank? Lift that bottle. Lift, lift the bottle up. Oh. Was, is that like uh, a two liter cola? Why is it so brown? A, oh yeah, he's he's making sparkling water. No, this is uh, yeah. I got uh, one of those. Uh, he's got a Soda Stream. Yeah, he's oh, drinking it straight from the. I've bottle. never seen a Soda Stream that dark before. Wow. A Soda Stream. Yeah, I got a deal on a cherry cola. Check out Amazon, my guy. Uh, we're not sponsored <laughs> yet by the cherry cola people. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got. To, I'm sorry. I'm indulging in a little cherry cola while we talk college football, fellas. I didn't. I didn't want to be fucking persecuted. Don't, don't apologize. We are all. I. My only. I'm not a Paul. You know what? I'm not a Paul. Fuck you, Rain Man. Uh, I. The only. Uh, only rate I have on this is that if Ole Miss wins this game, it will mean Alabama is bad, and that's something that hasn't been true for about 15 years. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. If you, it's one of those games where I think if you lose this one, you tip your cap and you're like, okay, Alabama's bad. That doesn't usually happen. Like it's and it's possible that USF game. What the fuck was going on, guys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a ni- that was a nightmare. It was a weird game. There was weather. There was starts and stops. There was a backup quarterback playing. Like it was. Yeah, it there was, was just also not Alabama, Alabama hold to three points. and there was UCF. That's all. Like it's it was weird. Uh, yeah, it, USF, was, it was weird. Not UCF, but USF. It, it much set worse. up the perfect line yeah, much, for this weekend. Worse. Like if they blow out USF last weekend, um, after the Texas loss, everyone writes it off. It's like, oh, you know what? Like Texas is just that good, and Bama is just as good of a big of a machine as they've been all these years. So we have a perfect storm here. I think um, we thank them for shitting the bed last week. Yeah. The only thing I can say though, is like, man, if you're susceptible to be like, they got beat deep quite a few times against Texas. And if you're susceptible to getting beat deep against Lane Kiffin, you'll probably get beat deep. <laughs> like, I don't know, man, he might be throwing his clipboard around, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like you look at, you look at what the total in this game is, 55 and a half. And yeah. like, is, like, do you believe in the Ole Miss defense? Because Alabama's going to score some points here. Well, it's Pete so, like, you think this? Uh, do you think this guy just, like, he, he might know a, little, a thing or two about Alabama's offense? Alabama, well, like, not anymore because Bill O'Brien's not there, although I don't think Tommy Reese is necessarily, like, a mastermind. No, that's uh, a weird. It's, a, it's still a weird hire six months later. I don't know. Let's go to the well, uh, we covered this game pretty thoroughly. Let's go to this next game of the week and it's much more interesting cuz you two are on the opposite side of Ooh. Ohio State at Notre Dame. And I am on the fence here, gentlemen. So I want I'm going to go with whoever makes the best case here cuz I'm having a lot of trouble with this game. Uh Capper, Rayman, why don't you, you give first? it your best chance? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, Capper, please. Please. Um I mean, to start us off, Notre Dame doesn't win these games ever. Um, at home, uh, on the road, on New Year's Day, um, they are dreadful in these type of matchups. And Ohio State, you know, despite the slow start, I think they still have a ton of talent. I mean, Ryan Day has accumulated these top 
three that's, recruiting that's silly. classes they both have over the last three or four years. No doubt. And and I like Notre Dame. I think they're really good. I think their line has been lackluster, especially the defensive line. I don't think they're getting a ton of pressure um, from those guys. And I actually like the Ohio State defense this year. I think that is the most talented group they've had um, in some years there, maybe since Ryan Day's been there. Um, I think I think the quarterbacks kind of settled into a groove. I mean, you know all about their offensive weapons here. Um, to me, it is just a chance for them to, you know, make an early statement uh, heading into Big Ten play. And I, I don't know. Like I love Sam Hartman, but like he's never won anything big. Dude, he okay, okay, easy there. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. That was insane. He hasn't. What has he won? He beat Florida State last year. They were not great. No, they weren't that great. But but Sam Hartman has done more than Kyle McCord has done at Ohio State, which makes your point meaningless. Well, he's played three games. Yes, because Sam Hartman fair. obviously had an amazing career at Wake Forest. Yes, uh, also, he is the to ACC point, all-time passing Notre Dame last year at home beat number four Clemson towards the end of the season. That's a pretty big win. They also beat 18 Wisconsin at home in 2021. Uh, they have done this before. Wisconsin? And they beat number one Clemson in 2020 at home. So Wisconsin? Yeah. I'm, they've had four big games at home in the last three years. They're 3-1 and one in those games. Outright. Oh, Mike. Three and you one, don't, outright. Okay? You don't, so you don't believe your in Your facts are incorrect. They're not. But, well, okay, we'll let the listeners judge. They haven't beaten Ohio State in 100 years. Yeah, they played at Ohio State, and they haven't really played Ohio State at home. They played in the playoffs once and at Ohio State, and they played them pretty close last year, which is in part of in my Week Zero preview, and guess what? I hit that game when I was on Notre Dame, and you all, all called me crazy. I'm sticking them with them right now. Week Zero doesn't count. Well, sure, but, you know, never has. Reads, right? <laughs> never has, call, never will. Call me Hurricane Chris, because it's Ratchet City, SDM. Jesus Estime. Christ. White boys in South Bend hollering at Estime. What are you trying to do? What are you doing here? Little little shout out to Hurricane Chris. The point is, this was the preview I did earlier, Joe, that this is my true Heisman flyer. I can't find it anywhere. If you can find a Heisman flyer on Estime at over 101, you take it right now because all Audric Estime has done is lead the nation in total yards with 521. Second most is at 435. I know Notre Dame has an extra game, but that's still a lot of yards. But more importantly, other than App State, the running back for Notre Dame, Audric Estime, again, is averaging the second most yards per carry of any running back in the FBS at an outstanding 8.3. The thing that Notre Dame didn't have last year is Sam Hartman, who's a good quarterback, who is amazing for Wake Forest, no matter what Capper said, and Audric Estime. I didn't Estime, say he wasn't who could, amazing. Who could play himself into the Heisman race this week. Uh, uh, I like Notre Dame. You're getting three at home. Kyle McCord hasn't played a tough game yet. The only true road Neither game has played Sam Hartman was at, at Notre and Dame. was at Indiana where the Ohio State scored 23 points at Indiana. Kyle McCord is now going in to South Bend and it's going to be a different atmosphere. I'm going to yes, say there will Audric be 20,000 Ohio State fans there. Can you give me a point of clar- clarification? Audric Estime, he's on Caesars plus 4,000 right now. He's not off the board. He might be off the board. Caesar's at four thousand forty to one. Yeah, plus yeah, forty to one. Which okay, I okay. Well, you don't need to take that. 
No, don't take but, that because you shouldn't take it anyway because it, clearly Sam Hartman's getting he Sam Hartman has a necklace with his own rib on it. Oh, I love Sam around. Hartman. I love Do you yeah, think he's I, mean, I don't Of course he's getting the Heisman nod. The quarterback I thought Audric was going to be over 100 cuz he's off the board at Bovada. Thought he'd have good value. You never know with injuries. You never know with the running no, back but getting it's invited. Just like a but non- yeah, 40 but to 1 and I love it. It's a nonsense bet regardless because if Notre Dame is successful, Sam Hartman's clearly getting the he's leading the nation in touchdown pass too uh grant he's, he's played an extra yeah game, it's a hell of a hell of a team he's played Notre Dame averaging more yards on offense than ohio state is their so, defenses are extremely close i don't know how you don't take the home team here he's um he's played he's played a third of his season he hasn't thrown an interception and they come in bunches for sam hartman we all know that after dude that's the come in so my that so i'll find i'll rule here and i'm just similar to what I said about the Alabama game, this is a game Ohio State just wins. Ohio State is one these tough games that are against Notre Dame in any in any sort of capacity, like Ohio State has won these games historically. If Notre Dame wins this one this year, I think you tip your cap and you're okay with the loss, but like I don't know. Sam Hartman, I just have bad memories of that dude making some bad, bad plays and big spots, I love man. you being on the other side. I will happily I take plus three in the key number. Ruff, 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 ruff. I'm barking on my own right we now. Got a, we got an interesting Insane. one. We got an interesting one here. And I, 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 the, the, I appreciate the balls and Rain Man taking minus 21 versus Colorado. A non-believer once again. After saying Matt rules a better coach than Dion on this podcast, yes. putting it on the airwaves. I said What's, outside of recruiting, there's a different thing. It's, but, yeah, it's why still, do I like it? Why do I like it's it? so bold. What, what happened last week? We knew this was coming. Colorado completely shit the bed against Colorado State in the they best won. atmosphere they'll have all year. They should have lost that game. Colorado State should have gone for two in overtime. But the fact that it went to overtime is a joke. And all that's happened, all I've said, every time you watch the Colorado game, the offensive line can't block for Shador. Shador's taking the most sacks of any quarterback in the league. The defense is absolutely terrible. And now what happened? They lost their best cornerback and their best wide receiver, at least their most versatile wide receiver. You can argue maybe second best. It's like two, losing two of their best players other than Shador Sanders. And now they're going on the road to Oregon where they're playing a up against a team that's gonna want to run it up because we know that they're trying to get Bo Nix to win the Heisman. They know eyes are gonna be on this game. Everyone's gonna be watching. They're gonna want to make Dion squirm. Oregon is going to just score and score and score in bunches, and I like them to get stops too. I just I just hate 21, 21 points against a team that throws the ball like Colorado does is tough. Line stinks. Line stinks. Um, I, I did, I did, I, I feel like I wanted to say one thing on this game because, um, Colorado, I think has been a fantastic story. Maybe the biggest story in college football this year. Uh, yeah. You a non-believer. It's, it's, I think it's really it's personal. hard. It's really hard for a team to do what Dion is trying to do with this team every single week. Um, there's something. It's exhausting. Bulletin board material. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's pulling out quotes that, out of context, that don't even like really apply to anything that they're doing. But everything is personal. Like they have to, 
they're they're not only playing the underdog role, but last week they're playing the the favorite role, and and I think they 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 rose to the occasion so far. I mean, for this team to be three and zero is pretty astounding. Yeah, um, impressive. Like, every single week is like like a playoff game for them at this point. Like it's hard for teams to like reach those highs and then go back down low. You know, at the start of the week, going into a game, um, they really I, I did just beat like. The- they beat the shit out of Nebraska, though. They did. Well, no, um, no, they didn't. Only the second half, and that's because Jeff Sims is the worst court was the worst quarterback in the country. Oh, and because their like players are worse, turnovers. they lost the game. Congrats on me. No, what a when you have a quarterback play. who throws the ball to the well, other if team they had, better than if he they throws had better players, and just drops the ball. Have won that's the not g- impressive for Colorado. Them. Thanks, thanks. For, if they had better players, they would have won the game. Okay, Great Joe, there is a difference between a forced turnover and a turnover you do accidentally. One is you more sad. repeatable. One is what? It's like spiking let, the ball into the net. That's not a point for the defense. It, it uh, goes on the scoreboard. But if you got to watch the games, just, you really got to watch the games, guys. You really well, Colorado gotta, is, yeah. is a is a fraudulent team. He no, he's I'm not pulled saying all the right. Good. I'm saying Colorado is bad. He's pulled all the right strings so far, but I think it's just going to be harder and harder as these weeks go on. Um, it, you know, like there's only so much motivation you can pull from the other side. Like it has to come from you every once in a while. Like you don't see the teams like Georgia, like yeah. Bama the last few years. Like they don't have to like pull bulletin board material from their opponents every single weekend. Like they just go out there and win games. Um, and I think there's there's still a talent gap there with Colorado and, you know, some of the higher echelon teams in the Pac-12, the Oregons yeah. of the league, the USC's of the league. Um, so when you see this line open at 21, it doesn't make you feel good. Um, you know, I, I, I won't bet against Dion, but like, I also, I also wouldn't bet on them this weekend either. Uh, Capper, your next pick, my favorite of the day. I, I like Utah minus four and a half against a freshman UCLA quarterback, Utah at home. Against a freshman in a big spot, four Utah. and a half. Utah, all day. Give all me day. two. Give me two. Give me two. Utah. Utah. Give I me mean, two. like this is. I'm gonna get that as a sound as a sound thing. Utah. Guys. We're gonna, we're gonna start two. doing that more. This is um, another team. I think UCLA has has built a ton of hype so far to the start of the season. Um, with I, I mean Chip Kelly. Say what you want about him. The guy can light up a scoreboard. Like he has proven that everywhere he's been, every season he's been with um with DTR, with with the freshman quarterback this year. I mean, those guys they go, they score. Um and and I think you look at a team like Utah, they're just steady, they're consistent, they're really good at home, they play fantastic defense. The the Hey baby. She's asleep. Go lay down with her. That's is that was is that your is that your research department? That's that's one of my interns. Um, (laughs) She doesn't. I don't let her get much sleep. Um, The um, I I don't love this for this for the sole reason that there's reverse line movement. I did have Utah on my board. That really scared me. I think a lot of the Sharps see something in UCLA. They obviously have an extremely talented quarterback. No, Utah's a tough place to play. I'm not betting on UCLA here, but that did scare me off the game. I really like uh, the one thing I really, I mean, 
this is all head games. Everything every week with these coaches and teams is is just like mental warfare. And Kyle Whittingham saying he's going to announce who the starter is tomorrow um, versus waiting for Saturday. Like he knows, he knows who's coming back this Saturday. It was what the game they had circled all year long for Cam Rising to come back to. When he's announced as the starter this weekend, this line will be closer to a touchdown, I think, um, because I don't think the Utah quarterbacks t- so far have been great. Um, but I think he is that much of a difference maker uh, with this defense, with the way that they play at home. Um, I think they can slow down the UCLA offense enough, and I, I think they can cover this pretty easily. Uh, let's go to your uh, final pick, Rain Man. Another banger of a game. Uh you like Clemson plus two and a half at home against Florida State. I have a feeling we might hear more about this game later. But what? Get what's your yeah. honest read here? What are you feeling? So I think this kind of echoes what a lot of us have been saying about a lot of these games, and it kind of goes down to track record. But I don't always put too much stock into that. But when the entire world is on the Knowles, like look at the betting splits, it's ridiculous. On a road game at Clemson, which is a tough place to play, my eyebrow is raised. Now, can you guess when was the last time Florida State beat Clemson? Just beat Clemson. 15, when they won the national championship. They lost to Clemson that year. It was 2014 was the last time they beat Clemson in a game. Clemson has beaten Florida State seven straight times. That is the record for any school uh, or for Clemson and Florida State in the ACC. And FSU only has one win at Clemson since 2001. The entire world is ignoring these trends. I think they're relevant. I do think Florida State might be a slightly better football team. But they're going on the road to Clemson. Jordan Travis, a bit banged up. Cade Klubnick playing a little bit better. The biggest mismatch in the, in the various rooms is wide receiver. But Keon Coleman for Florida State only has had three catches since he electrified everyone against LSU, including zero against BC. I think the FSU offensive scheme might be a little bit basic, might be a little bit figured out. And I think Clemson's defense should be able to hold him out. And once again, I'm going to bark on them. Clemson plus two and a half at Florida State. Not going to get to three. Play it now. One one of my things here is just I hate the noon spot for Florida State. What a sleepwalking opportunity coming out early game and just getting smacked in the mouth right away. Yeah, because you know Clemson's going to be up for it after losing to Duke. They're not going to let that happen again. The night game, it has more hype. You're marinating in it. Usually teams won't necessarily come out as flat, but there's that opportunity. Also, after last week was a tough game. They were getting – that was a physical game against Jeff Halfley's team, and they could have – they should have lost that game. BC did not play well. Uh, yeah, they but, don't do – they had the tackle down. They don't do the face mask. Uh, BC gets the ball with a minute and 50 seconds to go with all the momentum in the world and needing a field goal to win the game. All right, Capper, let's go um, to your last. Well, I'm not going your... to say a word about it. I don't want the babbler to come after me. Um, that's fair but enough. I, you don't that's want very that. fair. I, your, last, your last pick, you can make it quick because this is a bit of a trash game, <laughs> we, but I we also said, like it. Wait, we I thought we were bang- bangers only. Well, there is a one, there's one banger in this game. The best team not in the SEC or the Pac-12 is playing in this game. So 
We're taking Rutgers plus 24. We got to do it. It's too many points in a slog, <laughs> in a slog, drag them out, fist Trevor fight game um, at Michigan. Uh, it's a total of 44 points. Okay, not it's, a banger. You're done. It's not, um, it's not going to be pretty. You're not going to want to watch it. Uh, Rutgers runs the ball really well. I think they can slow down the Michigan aerial attack. I think it's going to be just a, just three yards in a cloud of dust for both teams. I think they can keep it within three touchdowns. Like It, it seems like too many. Uh, I think Greg Schiano gets these guys up. I don't want to say another word about it. It disgusts me. You, 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 it disgusts me, but I also kind of like it's it. It's a good pick. Uh, it's a good pick. I, I, I didn't want to do it, but like, this has it's too good. All the makings of a great. Who do you think's yeah. power rated better, Colorado or Rutgers? I'm just thinking about those spreads 21 at Oregon, 24 at Michigan. Michigan's power rated more than uh, Oregon. They're, they're probably grading those teams pretty similarly. Yeah, but it's also at Rutgers, not Colorado, the public darling. Let's run true. through the Very sl- true. Let's run through the slates uh, once, one last time. Rain Man, who do you got? I've got the inevitability of Alabama, minus six and a half versus Ole Miss. Notre Dame, plus three versus Ohio State. Give me estime. Oregon, minus 21 versus Colorado. I know you guys don't realize Colorado's frauds, but you'll come to see it by the end of the year. Clemson, plus two and a half versus Florida State. And uh, Florida State's only won one of these in over tw- in, since 2001, so screw it. Let's go, Clemson. I'm sending this clip uh, of you calling Colorado frauds straight to Dion's office. He'll love it. That's actually, He's going to send should, you... Can, Dude, it's personal. Yeah, maybe that'll do the motivation. Shit, it is. It's personal. Out. He hasn't heard from Dan even, Lanning, so it's personal I don't, now. I don't even want the listeners. I just want Rain Man to get the death threats. Uh, <laughs> let's do. <laughs> let's go to uh, Bama minus six and a half. Ohio State minus three against Rain Man. Utah minus four and a half versus UCLA. Rutgers plus twenty four at Michigan. Nasty one. Uh, so, so those slates you guys had were pretty good. But they don't even hold a candle to what we got coming up next. In our squeeze picks, just just stick around. Killed his whole motherfucking thing. Shit, if I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we some dogs. We some dogs. We no so you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah. When you want to squeeze out a little more action, and of course, it would it would be remiss if we didn't. Uh, usually, I, you know what? We're gonna start with our king of the hill. Of course, we got a special guest in addition to the king of the hill. But uh, who got the king of the hill? Did we get a repeat? Did the it's king the Wiz last week? The Wiz is the back. Wiz he had he had Rutgers last weekend, so. Yeah, that's why I well, thought you were saying when you were talking about the best team in the nation. Well, then let's get <laughs> then let's get taken up the yellow brick brick road by uh, by the Wiz Boys. How's that sound? Hey, folks, it's your boy the Wiz coming back at you from Austin, Texas. Great to be back on the pod. Hope everyone followed the pick last week. Cash well, that Rutgers Scarlet Night ticket to the bank. I did not. Another crazy board this week. Hitting conference play. Never easy. <laughs> Lots to sort through. I think we got the winner this week. We're going to go back to the well with the Marshall Thundering Herd <laughs> against Virginia Tech. Laying the five oh, points. Oh, wow. 
Marshall coming off the bye, wow. 2-0. and Virginia Tech coming off a road loss, disappointing. Going this guy sounds like he likes horse racing Season's a on lot. the line. Bull eligibility probably on the line. Injury concerns out there. Virginia Tech's just not a very good team. Should be an easy win. Like we said last week, always bet what you can afford, which in our case is the house. We go all in every time. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) There's all these other podcasts that have to put these disclaimers about gambling that we don't do, so I love that we include... (laughs) The Wiz is helping our case. We covered our bases there. Um, Well, the Wiz, I got to say, man, even... For a podcast, for this podcast, you sound like a fucking D-Gen. You're making <laughs> real, real dark stuff. Like, like that, there's a certain the cadence slate, you develop when imagine, you're a degenerate. Imagine the slate we have this week, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, Marshall." That's <laughs> back to the well, Marshall. We that's a beautiful it. thing, man. And uh, speaking of beautiful things, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. A four-teamer that I'm about to do. If you bet the four-teamer last week, bet just $10, you would have won $0, two and two on the four-teamer. But we're learning, we're calibrating, and we're starting with Miami minus 23 at Temple. Uh, When I was a young pup, Temple was bad, like really, really fucking bad. They were the metaphor for bad teams in college football. Notice how conference realignment's going on. No one gives a shit what happens to Temple. And I think it's because they are very, very bad again. And this isn't the Matt Rule or Jeff Collins era. They're just bad, and I think Miami covers this easily. Runs it up uh, by 23. They lost to Rutgers like 36-7. to uh, Next, we got – I'm taking Cincinnati plus 14.5 versus OU. Uh, OU has scored more than 60 points twice this year, but that don't impress me much. Uh, this is a big noon game. I love it more because since he's coming off a loss against Miami, Ohio, so this is it's a really big game for them. But for OU, they're on their way to the Texas game. I could see a sleepwalk spot here, similar to what we saw Florida State against Boston College. One team just playing way harder than the other team. And I keep seeing. I think so. I think they're gonna keep within the spread. Fun fact: Emory Jones is Cincinnati's quarterback, and I think he's played for every school in the NCAA now. Uh, Next, we got uh, Arizona minus 12 at Stanford. These teams haven't played in four years, and they're basically programs in completely different directions since then. Uh, Stanford's coming off a home loss to Sacramento State, and uh, they're also playing two quarterbacks. Fellas, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. No quarterbacks. It's a... I do think this is a road environment that might be tough for Arizona, only in that those players are definitely not used to libraries. And then finally, we got uh, Kansas State minus four and a half versus UCF. UCF, bad road team. They get the worst possible welcome in the Big 12 by traveling to Manhattan, Kansas, to play a pissed Kansas State yeah. team. Longest field goal in SEC history knocks them out. So that's, Crazy. Uh, those, are, those are the plays, boys. Uh, in my four-teamer, we got uh, Miami minus 23, Cincinnati plus uh, 14 and a half, Arizona minus 12, Kansas State minus four and a half. And then, I like all of them. Oh, boy. <laughs> Close us out, though. We have a very, very special, of course, recurring guest for the podcast. It is the Babbler. I'm sure he has a thing or two to say about a thing or two when it comes to this weekend. And he sent us this message, which, Capper, you said it was titled The Athens Way. Is that correct? That is correct. 
This is the Athens way. Capper, Rain Man, Joseph Public. It is only September, but we have already reached a precipice. Florida State versus Clemson. I have spoken of the clown they called Dabo before, but will hopefully never have to speak of him again. (laughs) For though the Knolls shall walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they shall fear no Dabo, nor no Tiger. For at high noon on Saturday, deep down in Clemson, South Carolina, a table will be prepared in the presence of many enemies, and the Knolls shall be anointed. For we are going to be. I was really worried that's going to be a Thanksgiving reference. The old way. And afterwards, the Knolls shall rule in their rightful place as kings of the ACC at least until they get out of the grant of rights agreement. Wow. At least. Knowles, 38. Clemson, 21. Wow. Oh, that was a, that was terrible. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it even more. Gotta bet the house on Clemson, right? The yeah, answer I mean, time. I mean, you know I am. I won't. I can't do it to the bad boy. <laughs> I can do it to him. <laughs> I'm going to do it too. Oh, oh, I can do it. Just fucking hey, hey, what's that? What's that? What's that Usher thing? Watch me. <laughs> That's a meme, buddy. That's a post. <laughs>